Hi, listeners. Welcome back to Motivate, the motivation and inspiration podcast. I'm your host, Ahidi, and today's guest is Jim Rohn talking about goal-directed behavior. It's been stated time and time again, your goals will determine what you achieve in life. And if you don't have any goals, you'll just receive whatever life gives. Unless you're incredibly talented at something or you're incredibly lucky, you won't receive very much in life without any goals. Goals aren't a guaranteed form of success. Whatever you write down as your goal doesn't mean you'll necessarily achieve it. However, it does give you a direction. It gives you a path to take in life, to really work towards achieving it. And for many of us out there, all we need is a chance. So write down your goals and give yourself a chance. And what you'll notice is when you start writing down goals, you'll start leading a goal-directed life. Meaning you'll start optimizing your life around short-term and long-term goals. That's it for me today. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Can the human equivalent of class and perseverance really be learned the way you can learn to drive a car or play a musical instrument? To a great extent, I think perseverance can be learned. And there are some very powerful techniques that can help you learn it. By far the most important tool you can use in developing perseverance is a personal list of challenging, realistic, well-defined, and highly rewarding goals. Goals are major to a genuinely success-oriented person. Without them, you're just playing around. The difference between a goal-directed individual and someone without goals is like The difference between a Wimbledon champion and a kid batting a tennis ball around on a court with no net, no opponent to bring out the best in him, and no way of keeping score. Despite everything that's been written about the importance of goal setting, very few people actually put it into practice. It's always amazed me the way the average guy puts more thought and effort into planning his two-week vacation than he devotes to planning his life. What's he taking a vacation from? He hasn't really decided what he's trying to do in life, but for two weeks out of the year, he just decides he wants to do something else. And this is what he plans very carefully. Challenge creates strong character, and goals represent challenge in its most positive form. Leaders have their personal goals clearly in focus, as well as the goals of the organization. In fact, one of the principal responsibilities of leadership is defining goals for the vast majority of people who aren't able to do it for themselves. And I also want to point out some traps of goal-directed behavior that aren't usually talked about, but that certainly ought to be. When I was a kid, I used to dream what it would be like to buy a ticket on a railroad train and just go someplace. I really didn't think about where I'd be going or how long it would take to get there. 
I just love the idea of getting on the train and just letting it take me someplace. I guess there's still something appealing about that idea, but it's not really the way you want to live your life as a mature human being. When you grow up, you buy a ticket on a train or a plane because you want to go someplace, and you know exactly where you're going. You may have to change planes in a different city, your flight may be canceled, and you may have to switch to another flight. You may not feel like talking to the person seated next to you, but you will persist. You know where you're headed, and you're quite determined to get there. That's goal-directed behavior in its simplest form. There are short-term goals and long-term goals. Sometimes you're flying across the country, other times you're just walking down to the corner grocery store. Long-term goals are the equivalent of a major journey. When you reach the point where you've achieved your long-term goals, your life will be fundamentally changed, and the process of getting to that point will transform you into a stronger, wiser, higher-performing person than you are now. How can you identify your long-term goals? Number one, what do I want to do? Number two, what do I want to be? Number three, what do I want to see? Number four, what do I want to have? And number five, where do I want to go? Write the number of years that you believe it will take you to achieve that particular goal. Create a time frame like this for every one of your long-term goals. Review what you've written at times, and keep track of your progress toward these objectives. Above all, persevere. Goal setting is a very important first step, but goal achievement is a continuous, lifelong process. That's what makes it so challenging. That's also why it's so extremely rewarding to finally attain your long-term goals. With regard to immediate goals, those that require anywhere from a day to a year to achieve, I recommend creating lots of objectives that can be accomplished in a month or less. Write them down. Read what you've written at frequent intervals. Keep track of your progress. And do something often that brings you closer to realizing these very short-term objectives. That way, you'll always have something to celebrate. These goals are not only important in their own right, they're also confidence builders and motivators toward a lifestyle based on perseverance and achievement. Let me also emphasize the fact that perseverance is about as important to goal achievement as gasoline is to driving a car. Sure, there will be times when you feel like you're spinning your wheels, but you'll always get out of the rut with genuine perseverance. Without it, you won't even be able to start your engine. The opposite of perseverance is procrastination. Perseverance means you never quit. Procrastination usually means you never get started. Although I consider the inability to finish something to be a form of procrastination. Ask people why they procrastinate. And you'll often hear something like this, I'm a perfectionist. Everything has to be just right before I can get down to work. No distractions, not too much noise, no telephone calls interrupting me. And of course, I have to be feeling well physically too. 
I can't work when I have a headache. The other end of procrastination, being unable to finish, also has a perfectionist explanation. I'm just never satisfied. I'm my own harshest critic. If all the I's aren't dotted and all the T's aren't crossed, I just can't consider that I'm done. That's just the way I am, and I'll probably never change. Do you see what's going on here? A fault is being turned into a virtue. The perfectionist is saying that his standards are just too high for this world. This fault into virtue syndrome is a common defense when people are called upon to discuss their weaknesses. But in the end, it's just a very pious kind of excuse-making. It certainly doesn't have anything to do with what's really behind procrastination. The basis of procrastination could be fear of failure. That's what extreme perfectionism really is once you take a hard look at it. What's the difference whether you're afraid of being less than perfect or afraid of anything else? You're still paralyzed by fear. What's the difference whether you never start or never finish? You're still stuck. You're still going nowhere. You're still overwhelmed by whatever task is before you. You're still allowing yourself to be dominated by a negative vision of the future in which you see yourself being criticized or laughed at or punished or ridden out of town on a rail. Of course, this negative vision of the future is really a mechanism that allows you to do nothing. It's a very convenient mental tool. I'm going to show you how to turn procrastination into perseverance. And if you do what I suggest, the process will be virtually painless. The first principle is break it down. No matter what you're trying to accomplish, whether it's writing a book or climbing a mountain or painting a house, the key to achievement is your ability to break down the task into manageable pieces and knock them off one at a time. Focus on accomplishing what's right in front of you at this moment and ignore what's off in the distance someplace. Substitute real-time positive thinking for negative future visualization. That's the first all-important technique for bringing an end to procrastination. One day at a time, you've probably heard that phrase. We're breaking the time required for a major task down into one-day segments and we're breaking the work involved in writing a 400-page book down into page and a quarter increments. Keep this up for one year, and you'll write the book. Discipline yourself to look neither forward nor backward, and you can accomplish things you never thought you could possibly do. The places you want to go, you're going to describe what you actually do with your time and you're going to keep a written record of the places you actually go. In other words, you're going to keep a diary of your activities, and you're going to be amazed by the distractions, detours, and downright wastes of time that you come up with during the course of a day. All of these get in the way of achieving your goals. For many people, it's almost like they planned it that way, and maybe at some unconscious level, they did. When you're forced to write down the fact that you hung out at the coffee machine for 15 minutes today, you'll think twice about doing that again tomorrow. 
when you've got to put it in writing that you worked on an important project for 30 minutes today and then took a break to read the newspaper, you'll persevere a little longer on the project tomorrow and forget about the newspaper. Just try keeping a time diary for one week and you'll see how it can revolutionize your ability to focus and achieve your goals. Break it down, write it down. Very easy to understand, very straightforward. But these are powerful and effective productivity techniques. This is how you put an end to procrastination. This is how you get yourself started. But how do you keep going? How do you keep your motivation consistently high? How do you learn to persevere when the novelty is worn off and you're still some distance from your goal? The Irish poet William Butler Yeats once wrote a poem describing some of the unfortunate characteristics of the modern world. One of the things Yeats noticed was the fact that bad people seem to have the most energy, while good people become discouraged and doubtful of their own abilities. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are filled with a passionate intensity. Those are the words Yeats used. And it's true that we can look around the world and see all sorts of things happening that we might wish were not happening. And there are people working very hard to make those things happen for reasons that we might not admire. And when we see that, it's easy to start saying, what's the use? What hope do I really have? Why don't I just give up on all the things I've been trying to accomplish and just start taking it easy? Even people of strong character feel that way sometimes. All of us have moments like that. That's when perseverance gets really, really tough. What's the answer? Well, you recall that during our discussion of goal setting, I asked you to list five categories for your long-term goals. What do you want to do? What do you want to be? What do you want to see? What do you want to have? Where do you want to go? Now I want you to add another one. With whom do you want to share? In other words, who are you working for besides yourself? In the first five categories, you were asked to focus exclusively on your own aspirations and why they were important to you. But now I want you to think in terms of other people. Who is depending on you? Who will benefit if you persevere and succeed? Who will suffer if you give up and stop trying? Who can you reach out to and help once you've achieved your goals? Write down answers to these questions, just like you wrote answers for the other categories. For many people, the answers will appear quite readily. If you have a family, your spouse and your children are depending on you. Perhaps even your parents are depending on you now, if they're elderly and require some care. But even if you're a single person or just starting out in your career, you can think of reasons to persevere and succeed that go beyond your personal needs. Maybe you would like to share some of your financial success with the schools that educated you or with the religious institutions that gave you spiritual guidance or with a hospital that helped to heal you on some occasion. This sharing doesn't have to be limited to money either. If your work has given you certain skills, you can share your time and your abilities. You can and you should. 
But even this isn't putting it strongly enough. It isn't just that you'll do better if you feel you're working for others in addition to yourself. You absolutely must find reasons outside yourself to persevere if you want to keep going when the going gets tough. Hemingway wrote, A man alone hasn't got a chance. And that doesn't mean only that you need people to help you in life. It means also that you need people you can help. You need people who can become the real reasons for perseverance above and beyond your material possessions or your financial success. What's in it for me can only take you so far. What's in it for somebody besides me can take you as far as you need to go.